Well, welcome everyone to the Power Half Hour. Today we have a very special guest uh, whom I met uh, back at the Build 2022 back in Dallas. And uh, very, uh, we just hit it off uh, right off the bat uh, here in Dallas. And he's from Minnesota, Mr. Brett Cleveland. Welcome to the call. Thank you Hello, for being thanks here. thanks for having me. Absolutely, sir. So, you know, we, every single week we interview a top agent and you've been in now in real estate uh, for the last seven years and obviously seen some ups and downs in your own career. So tell us how you started first and foremost. Uh, well, um, I got into real estate. Uh, my, I've got uh, three young kids at home. I had two at the time when I got into real estate and um, I bartended for the last 12 years prior to this. Um, loved it, worked three, four days a week and made 50 to 60 K and I was like, this is awesome. I love my job. You know, money's good. I always got cash. And then, uh, yeah, you know, my wife said, you know, what, what are you going to do when, when the kids are all in school and you're leaving before they get home from work or from you're leaving for work before they get home from school. And then you're only seeing them basically in the morning before they leave on the bus. And I'm like, I never really thought of that. So I, yeah, I started searching around and tried a few uh, odd end jobs and, and uh, uh, you know, did some um, shadowing and things like that for insurance and for cell phone stuff and things like that. And, and uh, I went to a, a career seminar thing for, for real estate with KW. And it just, uh, I don't know, it just clicked. I was like, yep, this is definitely something that I want to do. And so... Yeah, I uh, got my license in June of 2015, and then for the rest of the year in 2015, I did one deal. So in that six months, <clears throat> and I almost got out of real estate because right before I had that one deal, I'm was just I was just get, getting ready to get married, <clears throat> and no money's coming in, and I'm you know and I'm working 60 hours a week, you know, trying to get this real estate business going. And then four or three days out of the week, I'm bartending until 2 a.m. And then I'm going right from, you know, two open houses to go change my clothes in the car and go in and go bartend for the next, you know, eight hours. And I'm like, this is just not sustainable. I can't do this. And, um, you know, I talked to a couple of different agents that just said, hey, you know, it's one of those things. Keep your head down. Keep pushing through. There's going to be a moment where it just clicks. And you're gonna be surprised, mm. and it's gonna it's gonna change your life, and you're gonna be on track. I'm like, oh, you better be right, because <laughs> I can't take this much longer. You yeah. know? And then yeah, so I got that one under contract that first year, and then um, then the next year, my, my first full year in real estate, I think I did 23, 23 units my first year, and then wow, going from there. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I want to back up a bit because you, you know friends were telling you, you know what, just put the blindfolders on, just just keep going because it's gonna click. There's a moment that it'll just click, and we have a very similar story. My first half year, I joined July 2006, and for the first six months there, I did two transactions, and I was on a team. I made twenty five hundred dollars my first oh, yeah. six months, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is real estate, right? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so 23 transactions in the uh, first full year. Uh, who were you talking to and how did you get that business? Um, you know, it, <clears throat> I remember my first year, I, I ended up taking Bold, um, which I'm sure you're probably familiar okay. with. It was a, a real estate yes. class. It's like seven weeks and their big thing was, you know, do the Bold 100. Call 100 people in a day. Mm. And I'll ask them, mm. who do you know that, that uh, is looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate that you can put me into contact with? I'd love to help them. Okay, so I I, mm. I tried to scrounge up every possible person I could think of. I mean, I took my mom and dad's phone book. I called neighbors that I have never met. I called great aunts and uncles that I haven't seen in 20 years. Hey, it's Brett Cleveland. Do you know me? They're like, well, yeah, how are you? Is something wrong? And I'm like, no, I'm just calling to tell you I'm in real estate. You know, anybody looking to buy or sell that I could put hey. in touch with? And I absolutely despise that. <laughs> I, I hated it. Um, <laughs> I I hate just, I, I when I call somebody, I want to call from contribution. And I want to say, I'm calling you to invite you to yeah. something. I'm calling you to give you some information that could be helpful. Oh. Or I'm calling to give you a referral. You know, I feel like that's a, the, the better mm -hmm. route now in my business. But when I first started, it was call every single person I possibly could find, do as many open houses as I possibly could do to get in front of the most amount of people. I remember when when I was getting that's my real true. estate license, the, uh, one of the, the professors or teachers was saying, you know, the more people you know, the more real estate you'll sell. And I'm like, I just, that's been a just a staple in the back of my head that any chance I have to meet somebody new and have a good conversation, that's what I want to do. But mm. I think I kind of answered. But you had to, to do the uncomfortable work. You had to talk to people oh, that yeah. you knew or barely knew you mm -hmm. and you had to straight up ask for business. And I don't think there's any way around that, right, to start off in your career. Right, right. Because, you know, by second year, third year, more people know you and then you can then the conversation becomes a little bit better. Here, hey, I'm just call, giving you a call to have, give you a quick market update, yeah. right? And if you know anybody that uh, has any real estate questions, I can certainly help them, right? Sure. But from the very get-go, you have to ask, who do you know that's thinking about buying or selling that I can help? And it has to be as straight as that. But you yeah. put in the time. You got to go you for put in the work. So how did you get over that? You know, you said, I said, thank you so much for being honest because you said you despise that. <laughs> Uh, but you I, did it anyways. Why? I did. Well, because I, you know, we we were, you know, we were trying to hold ourselves as accountable as possible, and then two, I mean, I needed a deal. I I didn't have any money coming in. My credit card bills are just adding, adding up. You know, my my mortgage is getting harder and harder to pay for because I don't have any deals coming in, and you know. It, at that time, it was like, well, it's feast or famine. I mean, it's it's do the hard work and, and eat the frog and do the stuff that I can't stand or I have to go back home and show my face to my wife and my kids and be like, sorry, I'm not cutting it. So, <clears throat> I mean, it's wow. it one of those things. So, I think especially... And I, I always talk about this. Okay. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, you know, you need to have the why power. And for you, the why was not hard because you had two young kids, right? How old were they when they, you first started? Uh, my daughter was one and a half and my son was 
three and a half. Yeah. Three and a half and one and a half, guys. And that is major accountability, right? It's, uh, it's right there in front of you. Your kids are counting on you. Right. right, and your wife's looking at you like, "Are you gonna do a deal, or are you gonna go back to full-time bartending?" Which you will never be able to see your kids. So, right. you know, Brett had motivation, motive to take action. Right. right. How would you advise younger agents these days if they don't have such, if they don't have kids, if they don't have, you know, something at stake? How can they motivate themselves? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I you know, I think a lot of it comes down to. Kind of, kind of. Uh, I think the biggest part it comes down to is where your financial thermostat's at. And I don't know if you know a lot of people are aware of what that is, but I, I look at a financial thermostat as, all right, how much, you know, how many, regardless of how many deals you want to do this year or whatever, before you're breaking down your goals, how much money do you want to end up making at the end of the year? You know, do you, do you want to end up making thirty thousand dollars? Are you fine with that? Because then that's where your financial thermostat's going to be. You're not going to have a lot of drive to go past that. Now, if your financial thermostat is, hey, I am going to make $200,000 this year. I'm not going to, you know, take 150 and be happy. I'm going to make this much money. Then that's where your financial thermostat is. And I think that basing your goals off of that, you know, then if you do end up doing 175, was it really that bad? No. But I think if you, you set that financial thermostat a little bit higher, it pushes you more. I mean, my my first deal, or my first my first year in real estate, my first full year when I did 23 deals, I said I was like, I want to make 80 grand. Like I think that'd be so awesome if I quit my job making 50 to 60 and I made 80 my first year. That'd be so cool. And I I ended up making mm -hmm. 79 thousand like 700 and something, like almost hit 80. Wow, like, it's so crazy that that that's my financial thermostat. That was what it was that year. And so I said, I want to make this many deals, and this is what I'm gonna, you know, push myself to do. That's so it's it's amazing, you know, guys. When you write your goals down, this is just something happens in your in your mind that once you put that down, it's like it you decided that that's what you want to make, and eventually it will happen. I don't think Brett was very upset that he hit 79,000, almost 80,000, but because he wrote it down and he put in the work, right? And it becomes real. How important is goal setting for real estate agents, do you think, Brett? Oh, it's the, it's the biggest thing. I mean, I, I think it's, if you don't have anything set and you don't have anything to look at and, and strive for, you're just going to get complacent. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll make my five calls today. And if my phone rings back this week, cool. You know, I think it, if, if, yeah. you don't, if you don't set those goals, you're not going to. I think there's a, I don't have the staff, but I know there's like a, there was like a Harvard study of how many Harvard graduates would write down their, their goals for 20 years after graduating college. And like out of those 20 people, or you know whatever they did like 95% of them hit all their goals because they they wrote them down and then the other 20 people that didn't write down goals only you know four were out of debt and you know whatever it was I don't remember the exact stats but um, but I've heard that analogy before and I think that yeah having that visual board or you know whether people do a vision board or they do you know set their goals whatever those goals may be I mean I 
I set mine up where, you know, this is the amount of you know volume I want to do for the year. This is the number of transactions, number of units, number of GCI, and then on top of that too, then I'll then I'll then I'll write another column of my other goals where it's like I want to read, you know, at least twelve books this year. So one a month, I want to you know pay off uh, my wife's vehicle. I want to um, invest. I want to I want to get a uh, buy an Airbnb and a long term or in a long term rental this year you know, or whatever. And I write that whole list up and there's nothing more gratifying than to be able to just cross something off that list and be like, you know, cause even if, even if my goals are, you know, my GCI goals is, you know, it's $50 million. Well, if I look back on my goals for the end of the year and I do 40 million, if, if that's still an upgrade from the year before, I mean, that's progress. It's something that's pushed you. Maybe the goal is too high, but at least push you to get close to that peak. You know, you don't climb Mount Everest in a day. You gotta, you have to do it. At, you know, in, in increments, and you have to train your your body and train your train yourself to, you know, get those goals bigger and bigger. That's so great, so great. You know, we we set goals to have a, a destination, and you know, if you don't have a destination, just like you know, you 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 put you get into a car, and then. You're like, okay, where are we going? Well, well, just drive, right? It's kind of like that for goals. You have to write something down. You have to put something in the GPS or else how do you know where you're going? So put something down and it will happen as long as that if you put something down and you drive, you'll get there. Just like real estate, it's you put the goals down and you keep working, you will get there. But I think another thing is what I... What I read today for the, from the book Traction is that we have to enjoy the road to the destination. Right. There's this place in Maui called, uh, uh, well, they call it the road to Hana. Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my and Hana seems like this magical place. Yeah. So when the, the road to Hana is absolutely beautiful because you all have the scenery, the, the roads are beautiful. Right, beaches, whatnot, and when you get there, it's this little town of nothing, and it's got one gas station. And they're like, "Hey, what the hell? We we drove five hours to get to Hana, which is a POS kind of place, but you missed the point." And I think in real estate as well, we need to enjoy the journey instead of getting to the destination, or else, right? You know, if you're not enjoying this, you know, you're not going to be happy when you get here. It doesn't matter. So how important is it for you to enjoy the journey in real estate? Do you think? Yeah, I think I think that's that's why we're all in this business. You know, like we want to we want to have that flexibility in our schedule. We want to have time to you know travel and have time to golf and have time to you know enjoy our family and, and things like that. So, I mean, I look at I look at real estate now. I think a little bit different than when I first started. Is you know when I first started, it was always like, how am I going to double my goals? How am I going to get you know? Do more and more and more and more. Well, I've yes, done, yes, yes. you know, I've done years where it was over and beyond what I was anticipating, you know, making. But then also I look in that year and I'm like, I was working a lot. I mean, I was working three, sometimes four weekends a month and all day during the day and, you know, putting all those hours in. Yeah, I made more, but also at the same sense too, like, Last year, I made a little bit less. I worked one weekend every probably two months. I did a little bit less in deals. 
I just cut back on my business, and I, I, I'm, I'm very um, lean. I run my business very lean, so I don't spend a bunch of frivolous money on advertising and, you know, um, billboards and anything crazy like that. I go old school and go back to the basics, and I talk to people I know, people that know me and love me and trust me, and I run it lean. And if I wanna, you know, if I get a call from my wife in the middle of the day, and it says, you know, me and my, me and the, me and our daughter wanna come have lunch with you. Sweet. Mm. I'll call up my next appointment, move it an hour, and go sit and have lunch with them. You know, I, I'd rather have that that freedom and that and that family life too, because that's the most important to me than doing more and more and more and more and more every year. You know. Mm. But I mean, yeah, we, you know, I just like everybody is different. Yeah. And, you know, we all get caught into this, like more, 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 more. And we forget that what's really important is family. What's important is what's really important is health. And we don't live to work. We work to live our lives. And real estate, again, is just a platform for us to achieve our goals, which at the end of the day, which is spending more time with family. You know, having freedom, options, and choices, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I really like that the, the way you think. So how did you go from being super unbalanced then to being super balanced? Like, okay, and and how did you? How are you then okay with less income? Because a lot of agents is like endless. It's I just want to. I just want more, 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 more. Right, right. Uh, you know, I think I think uh, it really got to a point when. You know, me and my wife had to have a serious sit down because it was like, hey, you're not home. Like, I didn't, I didn't sign up for, you know, to have a husband that's never home. I don't care if you make a million dollars a year. I want to see you and the kids do too. Wow. You know, I mean, and, it, and it's, and it's true. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe I had my priorities wrong. Like, that's, that's a really good point. Like, obviously, wow. I don't want that to go you know, I want, I want you guys to be happy. This is why I'm working so much is because I want you to be happy, you know? And, and I think the biggest thing was then prioritizing and then setting those expectations with my clients too. So, you know, when I, when I meet, when I have a buyer rep conversation with, with a new buyer and I say, all right, I've got a very flexible schedule except for Sundays is my family day and I'm not negotiable about that. And I, I said, if, if you want to see a property in its you. last minute, I'm going to do my best to try to do it, but if I, if I can't, I'm going to schedule it the next possible day. I have, a, I have a big database of people and other agents that I work with as well, too. So there may be a time where maybe they show you a property, but it, I'm going to do my best to get you in there to provide that good service to you. But I said also, you know, I, I do have a family and, and, uh, and other you know, responsibilities with my kids and things like that. So um, I just set that expectation up front. And then after that conversation I had with my wife, I basically said, all right, I'm going to cut this down and I'm only going to work one weekend a month or two weekends a month. I don't remember when we first talked about it. I think it was, and then I always make sure that I'm at least home for dinner, uh, two nights a week. And usually that's like four I'm home. Cause I usually, I just, I just schedule it around. That's it. Awesome. I, you know, if I'm talking with a client and they're like, well, we can do this listing appointment, but we want to do it at seven o'clock at night on a Wednesday or a Friday. I'm going to say, okay, well. I can do it Thursday at five or Friday at four thirty, and they're like, "Well, I've got to work." Well, if you have a dentist appointment, you take off a little bit early for work to go to that dentist appointment, right? 
we're going to be selling your home that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Can you meet me at 430? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and a lot of times they're like, yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah. Good for you. You really, you know, family is first, but it did not come until your wife had to have that, you know, yeah. come to Jesus conversation, right? right. It wasn't you fun. Know, I, read, I still remember this. That plane. It wasn't fun. Like, I, I remember this plane as day. I don't know if you remember what I shared on, on uh, at Bill, but uh, I came home one day and it was 2011, one year into our marriage. And uh, there my wife was and she's listening and, you know, she was in front of her computer and I would ask her, what's wrong? What's wrong? It was like 11 o'clock at night. I had been out since 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then she would say, uh, when am I going to be happy again? Right? And that's like, ouch. Yeah. Right? So you never, guys, if you are married right now, you never want to have that conversation with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, communication is key. Right? And I think if you take care of things at home, then business will blow up anyways. Right. And right. I think it's just that simple. If you take care of this, if you take care of your health and you take care of your family, everything else just comes together so nicely. Yeah. Right. And I, I think I learned my lesson the hard way. But uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that, Brett. Now I want to switch gears a little bit, Brett. Um, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to. I always joke with my wife um, about. <laughs> I always say, I'm like, gosh, if it weren't for you and the kids, I'd probably have a Ferrari and be a scratch golfer by now. And I totally, totally as a joke, you know, and she just laughs. She's like, yeah, but you a scratch golfer. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I was, I was, I was give her crap about that, but uh, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you said shift gears? Yeah, shift gears. I, I want to talk a little bit about the market. I know the market right now for, this is the t- topic uh, right now, is that uh, it's changing, and it's changed, and it keeps changing. And the interest rates are going to go keep going up. Um, how are you seeing the market as we go along, and what are you doing differently? Sure, um, I think I think you know with uh, you know on the list side, um, I, I primarily work with listings. Um, I think on, on that side, I think those expectations for the sellers immediately. So when I'm meeting with them and they say, "Well, you know, my cousin sold his house in May and." You know, he had 14 offers. We got 40,000 over. I'm like, that's great. And that's awesome for your cousin for timing that really well. But that's not the market that we're in right now. And, and you know, when the market is fluctuating like this, we can't be priced up here where it was in May. You know, if the market's coming down like this, we need to price ahead of the market. Because if we, if we price ah. it back here, the market keeps going price reduction and price reduction and we're always kind of catch up to the market and we're never getting there so we need to be a little preemptive price it aggressively on the front end and then that way then i'm then we're not having this conversation in in 30 days about how big of a price reduction do we want to make because we're way overpriced and we're not getting showings. so that's um going about on the on the listing side for pricing and then obviously you know holding as many open houses as we possibly can to try to you know gain as much market share uh i side that's a little bit more tough i haven't had a ton of conversations with with buyers but i think you know and i'm sure everybody's seen the memes that are out there right now like this is what it was like earlier this year 
at this price point and this is what it's like this you know right now because interest rates are higher but you're not paying fifty thousand over and you are and probably a home warranty and you're you know all of these things that are that are buyer incentives but i think the, the biggest thing is just being thinking outside the box on um, you know either a two one buy downs or you know restructuring how your loan looks to make the numbers work for you because at the end of the day it's it's wherever your comfort level is you know with your with your mortgage payment versus you know what the actual house or home price is but yeah so on the selling side you are setting up the expectation that hey you got to price ahead of the market or else you're going to ch keep chasing the market downwards and we're going to keep reducing right. right and we're never never going to catch the bottom if you price it ahead of the market you can catch the market to catch the price before it falls even more and on the on the buyer side it seems to be trickier because there's so many more things to kind of deal with because the interest rates are going up and your payments and your approvals are it's all different um, what are you saying to uh, buyers who tell you, uh, you know, the, the market is too uncertain and I want to wait it out, Brett? What do you say to that? Sure. You know, I, I look at that and I, you know, I, I say, all right, well, think of it like this. I always ask them, you know, when do you feel like the interest rates are going to come down? And a lot of times they're going to say, well, I don't, I don't know, maybe next year. Okay, great. Well, say we're at a 6.75 interest rate right now, right? And they go up again mm -hmm. the rest of this year. And then all of a sudden in May or March, interest rates are down to five. What do you think is gonna happen? How many people are in that boat right now that are saying, I'm gonna wait until the spring until it drops and then the interest rate will be great. Okay. Also competing with all of those other thousands of buyers in the spring that are also ah. thinking that same thing right now so you're not only you're not only you know you're getting a lower interest rate maybe but you're also competing with seven other buyers and you're probably not getting an inspection yeah you're probably not getting a home warranty and you've got to probably see the house the day it hits the market or you're going to lose it where right now buyers have the power i mean in my market that's what buyers have the power right now um, I just had a, a listing go active a uh, week and a half ago, I think, a week ago, and I mean, aggressively so that we had the power. So we ended up getting multiple offers and mm. getting to, uh, oh. you know, get in there and negotiate a little bit better and then getting, you know, over asking price versus, mm. you know, waiting. I think waiting to the spring is just going to be tough. Same thing with sellers, you know, sellers right now. It, it's kind of a damned if you do and damned if you don't kind of thing too. It, you know, if you wait right now or if you list right now, you're obviously going to be, you know, probably not getting top top dollar for your home. Versus in the spring, right. if we do see a, a drop in the price in the spring, now it's like a beauty contest on your, on your street. You know, if your if your house is is one of one of six going on the market, you better be the prettiest one with the prettiest price. Or you're probably not gonna, you know, <laughs> do very well. Now, if you're the the only one yeah. in the beauty contest, we got pretty good odds of winning. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always a price war in a beauty contest for sellers, right? And especially in in a market condition like this, 
But what I'm hearing you say is that if you're on the listing side, you, you price it ahead of the market, you're, sometimes you still get multiple offers and bid the price up. It's possible, right? So setting expectations with sellers and really having those in-depth conversations with the buyers as well, you know, letting them know that you're getting, at a, getting the home at a lower price right now, however, at a higher interest rate, but when the rates come down, you know, you win because you got it at a lower price. Instead of buying next year, when the prices may go up again, when the interest rates come down, but competing uh, again with like five to 10 other offers. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Cause then we're going to get right this back is, into the whole thing. Exactly. 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 So how long do you think this will last this, this little uh, shift right now? How long do you think it will last? Crystal ball question. Yeah. Right. Uh, gosh, I, you know, I hope it, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what's, I mean, I to just see it kind of even out and I'm thinking like, you know, next fall, to just kind of even out a little bit. Like the prices can come down yeah. a little bit. The interest rates, yeah, can come down a little bit. I just want them to kind of meet in that, you know, I just want prices to come down just a little bit. So especially on the investment side, it's not so crazy. And then and then also the interest rates, you know, if, I think if we stay around a five to six mark, I think that's going to be just fine. It's just, I think when we start getting into sevens yeah. and eights and, and higher, then it just really scares you. Yeah. And it does really affect your buying power so much. But Right. So mm -hmm. next year, guys, fall. And I'm hearing that a lot, mid to late <laughs> next year, the market will start to balance out a little bit. So real estate agents, keep working, put the blinders on and just keep going. What's the last insight you have for the audience, uh, Brett, to finish strong in 2022? I would say, especially for any newer agents, um, winter's coming, so this is what I would say, and this would be my recommendation, especially for anybody that's been in the business for just uh, you know a couple of years. Um, stockpile your reserves right now, just because the last thing you want to do is have a slow winter holidays and things like that going into usually a slower market and not being financially prepared that'd be my my biggest thing put some money away don't don't say you know going oh i had i had three closings in november kids we're all going to disneyland and you get a hot wheels car and you get a you know, uh, you, know you get a new snowmobile like just yeah. pump the brake a little bit i would say you know that's maybe just the conservative side of me but I like to I like to just focus through the winter, you know, and and uh, and at the end of the you know spring comes and and I've got my stockpile amount is still sitting there the same amount well then perfect great if I got to do it then I'm not stressed sage, out, you know sage advice Brad thank you so much and uh, guys yeah. stockpile your money right now don't go crazy it's it's really really good advice okay and uh, guess what winter is coming but winter is always followed by spring so look forward to it keep working keep put the blinders on and make it a great finish all right brad thank you so much right. sir for sharing awesome. all your insights you. have a great day all, all right, right. You too.